This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right. One, two, This is this is this is Greater Boston. Who is it? <coughs> oh, it's uh, it's your mail carrier, Officer Lindsay Coolidge. Oh, you couldn't just leave it in my PO box. No, ma'am. This stack had a special note requesting hand delivery whenever possible. Ugh, get it. Oh, I... Oh, I wasn't quite done with my deliveries to that station, officer. Just Gemma, Ernie. I'm a private citizen again. I'm sorry to hear it. I'm sure not. Well, it's just... The logistics of hand delivering a piece of mail in Redline are a bit of a nightmare. I don't know how you residents do it. First, you gotta know the whole schedule like the back of your hand, but then you've also gotta remember which car number you live in. Oh, it's a hell of a lot of math to do this late on a Tuesday. Get used to it. Schedule is nothing if not prompt these days. Sure it is, but even then, you've only got seconds to get to the right car before the train leaves again, and you gotta wait hours until it comes right back around. Or try and hoof it to another station on foot. Yeah, the cardio is wonderful. So, what's this important note you've got for me? Oh, yes, of course. That Michael Tate fella sent a big old stack of these to the post office all at once with some very specific instructions. It was wild what happened to him. certainly is. Would you like anything while you wait for the next stop? I'm fine, ma'am. Thank you very much. I'll just wait right here and hop off once we get there. Don't you mind me. Let me know if you change your mind. I've got some really great wasabi peas. Dear, Dear Gemma, Gemma, I'm writing you from what will likely be my deathbed. Or, hmm, my death floor, I guess. I don't really have the strength to make it back to the bed. It's, uh, it's not quite how I saw myself going, trapped months inside the publisher's secret apartment atop third site but it's it's nicer than my place and a, a lot less full of uh, squeezy stress balls so at least there's that <laughs> uh, 
at this point, it's 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 no one's fault but my own that I'm in this situation. I, I mean, sure, I didn't trap myself up here, and I'm not the one who hid the passcode for myself, but I've had access to all these pneumatic tubes for all this time, and I'm only reaching out now, and it's... It's probably too late. Sometimes we're our own worst enemies in that way. Don't you think? (laughs) We try our best to do what's right, at least in our own minds, and sometimes it's to the detriment of our own good. For a while, after I was trapped up here, there was this uh, regular grocery delivery. Nothing fancy, but enough bread, milk, eggs, and some produce to get by. I suppose the publisher you know, didn't want to add murder to his laundry list of crimes, but I have a sneaking suspicion that Phil was at least partially responsible for those. Because as soon as I warned Louisa of his betrayal and the two of you took him in, those deliveries dried up. You see... It was so important to me that Louisa be protected from his dishonesty that I may have duped myself in the process. I'm sure this all sounds very familiar to you. If not in the exact details, then at least in the experience of it. No? Gemma, you are a person I sincerely think I could be very close friends with. And I'm extremely glad that Louisa has you in her corner. You're a good person. And I do believe that. But sometimes your quest for the truth and justice, when it comes to this city and the people living in it, your need to be absolutely right about any given situation stops you from being sympathetic at best. And at worst, it sees you dragging yourself and everyone else around you deeper into danger just so that you can say, I told you so. I hope you will take this to heart. Sometimes it's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Because then, you can focus on fostering the good in your life, rather than constantly obsessing over the bad. At the very least, it'll stop you from making our mutual friend accomplice to another illegal break-in while she tries to establish a legitimate name for herself. If you don't, I'm afraid you're on track to lose more than your cushy job on Redline. You're going to lose your friends. And maybe even your family, too. Wow, Tate. Really didn't want to pull any punches there, did ya? Just sat there, starving to death, using whatever last bit of energy you had to stab me in the jugular. I'm glad to know you had this all running through your head at that moment as life slipped away. That's just, just super comforting and not at all weird. No, no, not one bit. Please. Just recognize that you've already done so much 
to earn the love and respect of the people lucky enough to have you in their life. And maybe, for once, cling to that. I think you'll find things will be a bit easier when you do. On that note, if I haven't already been saved at this point, I hope you'll at least find a way into the secret office at Third Sight Media so that this won't be my final resting place. Please don't let it be. There's a uh, secret elevator behind the kombucha machine. It's impossible to miss as long as you know what you're looking for. So, please come get me. And... I love you, Gemma. Goodbye. Your friend, Michael Tate. Huh. Something mighty illuminating in that letter. Not really. I mean, nothing I didn't know already in the back of my head, anyway. How many of these did you say you've hand-delivered so far? I didn't, but it's been quite a few. You know, if that shitbird Tate had spent half as much time worrying about his own health and safety rather than writing these little screeds telling all the people in his life how they're living wrong, we probably could have found him a whole lot faster than we did. But I'm glad the kid's all right. His heart's in the right place. Even if he can be a bit of a space cadet. Well, I'm just happy he's safe. I'm sorry again for, you know, kidnapping you and all. But I'm not exactly the new mayor's favorite person these days, and I get kind of jumpy when people show up at the rail car uninvited. Say no more, Mrs. Lindsay Coolidge. Please, Bernie. You've known me long enough that you can call me Gemma. Do you need any help getting back to Braintree? <laughs> I'll make my way there. You take care of yourself, Gemma. I'll try, Bernie. It's harder than it sounds. Greater Boston is written and produced by Alexander Danner and Jeff Van Driesen, with additional support from Jordan Higgs, T.H. Ponders, Bob Rimunda, and Jordan Stillman. Recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. This mini-episode was written by Bob Rimunda. This episode featured Lydia Anderson as Gemma Linzer Coolidge, Josh Rubino as Bernie the Mailman, and James Oliva as Michael Tate. Charlie on the MTA is performed by Emily Peterson and Dirk Tede. Moog Tune by Dirk Tede. You can support the production of Greater Boston at patreon.com slash greaterboston. Oh, wait. Okay, wait. I'm going to just look up that train music that's always going on. I'll have him whistle that. <laughs> Also, I'm sorry that this is a long thing that I initially thought was cute, but now I've devoted too much time to it. Do not keep it in here. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. 
Forgive me, Father. For I have sinned. It's been six months. Since my last confession. What would you like to confess today? I have decades of failings I could recap here. Today, I want to confess the worst thing I've ever done. Uh, okay. Uh, lots to unpack here. I can be kind of a crap husband. I took eight years of my life and lit it on fire in a matter of five hours. So I did what any self-respecting father would do. I, um, <laughs> lightly dosed this Gatorade with a powerful laxative. And I guess sorry for making out in the confessional. Since confession is about talking to God, I felt... He had a right to know what you've done. What I've done? What did I do? Are you kidding? Do you love Emily? What the hell kind of question is that? Well, you're not going to absolve me? That's the whole point. Please leave the sacrament to the professional. Where do you get off talking to me like this? <clears throat> Excuse me? What the f- Who is there? Forgive Me, a comedy podcast from Rogue Dialogue.